welcome once again to another Jurassic and Black Tongues Comics Edition. I am one of your hosts, Dave. I'm your other host, I'm Donnie. That's right. So how's it going, Dave? Oh, it's, it's going great. How about yeah. with you? It's going pretty good. Happy Chinese New Year. Good to hear. Yeah, happy Chinese New Year to you as well. What are you doing for the new year? I've been playing a lot of the Dead by Daylight Chinese New Year uh, special event. So, yeah. Whoa. Celebrating in style, man. Didn't they have that last year? I think you sent me a picture of that. Wow. They did, and it's back. What's the event? Uh, you can earn, like, extra blood points, which are what you use to, like, level up and pick new stuff off the blood web, which is where you get all your, like, perks and uh, add-ons and special abilities from. Oh. And during the event, you just receive bonus points if you do specific things like there's firecracker generators that you have to repair instead of the regular ones those will give you extra points there's also these lunar lampshade things that just dangle you have to collect and escape with one of those to get bonus points on top of that or if you place the killer you just have to sacrifice someone who already grabbed a lampshade or just uh, (laughs) attach them to specific hooks with the firework shit it's so stupid, but fun. I, I see. I think those are lanterns, not lampshades. No, it's out in the middle of the woods. I'm pretty sure it's a lampshade. That seems right. to that seems like a thing you would have in the middle of like a wooded area or like a farm house that's haunted. I guess that tracks lampshades. Yeah, right. That makes <laughs> take total your sense. lamps. It's dark in the woods. You need light, so it makes sense. It's definitely not a lantern. I don't know what the fuck they are. It's like it looks more like those things from uh, uh, Hangover Three, like the, those Japanese lamp things that they used. I don't know which Asian country it is, and I don't want to say the wrong one. Those like light things where you put a candle inside of them and they kind of like float away, or you yeah yeah them like a river or something. Those those things. are those are lanterns. They're called lanterns. Exactly like I said, yeah, lanterns. That's what we were talking about. Those things you want to exactly. grab those. Right, yeah. For those. It's the same in China. You gotta, you gotta grab those for more points. As many as you can. Exactly. I assume like every day on your day-to-day life, you have to, you're heading into school during this yeah. two-week event, you have to grab the lantern to get bonus points. Yeah, we're lighting firecrackers for bonus points, all that shit. Exactly, exactly. Well, actually, um, speaking of killers, I did see that Halloween movie. I guess this is a good time to segue into that. Well, I guess today we're talking about Rogue and Gambit, Ring of Fire, and we're talking about Invincible Volume 3. I guess, we'll, well, first we're going to talk about Halloween, that new movie. I saw it. So nice. what, what, what were you confused about in that movie? Okay, so, so no, I just had a bunch of questions about the uh, continuity as far as like the franchise goes. Oh, so this okay. is Laurie Strode is the main character of this one. So clearly this one is somewhere along the lines taking place after H2O when she had a son who was Josh Hartnett. Okay. No daughter who they ever referenced in that movie. <laughs> and if Josh Hartnett was her son and it's still the same like storyline, they never once reference him. And Judy Greer's character, who is her daughter in this one, never once mentions like when me and my brother were growing up, it was like this. She's the only they only like flashback to show just her as like the only child. She was taken away. Yeah. So that part threw me. And then I thought she was murdered in H2O. Wasn't she? 
Yeah, she. They all escape. Her, Josh Hartnett, okay. and I think the his girlfriend in the movie, maybe. Okay, I couldn't Bill remember. Thought... the only one I remember dying. Okay, I thought Laurie was killed by Michael Myers in one of those previous movies, but maybe not. Maybe Resurrection, like at the beginning. Uh, is Resurrection? Okay. I don't know which one Resurrection is. That's the one with I... Busta Rhymes. I was going to ask if it was the Busta Rhymes one. <laughs> it's the Busta that Rhymes was, one. That's the one with my all-time favorite. Uh, still frame photo from a movie where it just says kung fu noises. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. awesome. I feel like they're not exactly following the continuity. I think they're changing a few things and kind of ignoring the horse shit. Cause I, I, I didn't go back and look cause I don't know. Couldn't be bothered, but yeah, I'm pretty sure Laurie was killed before in one of those movies and she's just magically back at this point. Other than that, though, I, I, I thought the movie was pretty good. I, I enjoyed that movie a lot. It was okay. It was written by Danny McBride, which was weird. It only oh, had really? One, like, Damn. eastbound and down tie-in in the entire thing. The the guy uh, who played, I think he was like the sheriff, mm-hmm. not the actual cop, the African-American gentleman. Like yeah. That guy was briefly on the very end of eastbound and down when he was on that like Sports Center roundtable talk show. He was one of the athlete, former athletes on that. Oh, that wow. guy was in that. That was the only like tie into anything else. I didn't realize that. Danny McBride. Yeah. I liked I, I liked Weird. the movie a lot. I had a I had a good time with that one. I thought the Rob Zombie ones were better. Really? Yeah. I don't know. We should go make a podcast about whatever serial killer we could find located somewhere nearby. Yeah, like serial killer podcasts are the most popular podcasts, you know, those true crime things. So yeah, if we did sure. that, we would we would instantly get a million listeners. So yeah, I guess maybe uh, we should do that. We will, yeah. Shoot. People are addicted to true crime. I don't know why. Speaking of true crimes, though, this the Michael Myers, the character seems so not there. You know, he just kind of seems like a a machine that just is built for murder. But then he, when he kills people, there's so much showmanship involved with it. Like <laughs> he he really cares. He he really works hard to like scare the shit out of people. And like set up these these like funny, like pr- practical jokes and shit to so just make people shit their pants and then kills them too. There's so much showmanship involved and so much thought and like finesse and everything. It, it's crazy. Well, I mean, he's been he's been locked away in that uh, uh, insane asylum for how many years? Like forty five years. So he's had time to like prep for this. True. Right yeah. Mind. Like how exactly he's gonna like razzmatazz his audience. Yeah, I guess that's what he's doing in there. Just sitting there thinking about funny ways to kill people and <laughs> I mean, funny ways to like fuck with people. Doing? I guess, yeah, makes sense. The the question I have about this movie was the one the one girl said you're so going to get dry fucked tonight. And I don't know what that means. That's my one big question. What is a dry fuck? Uh just dry humped, I assume. We weren't actually going to have sex. Uh, she made it sound like it's a good thing. She's not like, oh no, let's let's just dry fuck. She's like, you're gonna get dry fuck tonight. Um, I've, I would never describe any good sexual experience I've had as being dry. I don't, I don't think it is. <laughs> I don't know how it could possibly be describing a good time. I don't know, man. That that was my that was the quote from the movie that I took away. That I was like, I don't know what the fuck this means. I like that the uh, coach from Remember the Titans is the one cop in it. That's cool. 
Yeah. Well, I feel like with uh, with Lori's character specifically, it's been played by the same actress for like 40 years. Pretty crazy that she's still involved in the series. If you watch the Honest trailer, they make a joke that the only reason she was in this one was because she like had signed some shitty, awful contract contract with them like way back <laughs> when they made the first one. So that's the only uh, reason she agreed to appear in this one was because she would have been sued if she didn't. So it's not by choice. Like she just, I, th- I think uh, she just got fucked over. Jamie Lee Curtis did when she signed that first deal. They were making it seem like it, they were heavily implying that she was solely there because she was contractually obligated and would have been sued if she didn't. <laughs> like she signed a lifetime contract or something. She like sold, so, sold her I mean, soul. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, dude. Yeah. Maybe that's why. I think because Warriors in the Rob Zombie remakes those two awesome ones, and I think that's that's the only time she's played by someone else. Yeah, I think it is. I don't know. I thought I thought this one was better than the Rob Zombie ones. I like that they just got right into it, and I like that they continued way in the future from the original event. Whereas Rob Zombie, they're just going back to that very event. Yeah, the Rob Zombie ones were 100 percent a remake. Yeah, this one is some like yeah, it's just a sequel. Yeah. With the same name, which is strange, I guess. Continuation, but they just, yeah, they just call it Halloween. Parentheses, the year it's released. Fuck yeah. That. That's stupid. Call this one like Halloween Survival Shelter or something stupid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Halloween Firestarter. Halloween Arkham Asylum. Yeah. <laughs> Halloween Podcast. Yeah. Oh, that's right. They were, they were. Those two uh, British people were trying to make a podcast about Michael Myers. That was pretty cool. We know a thing or two about podcasts. Yeah. (laughs) And crawling around on gas station bathroom floors to escape death. Michael Myers murdering the shit out of everybody. I, I, I didn't flinch at all. And then when that woman crawled on that gas station bathroom floor, that, that part, I'm like, Oh, that's disgusting. Yeah. Terrifying. Damn, dude, that bathroom floor was gross. What a it's way also to go. weird how, like, for some reason they started telling, like, this completely separate story about, like, the Dr. Loomis's underling, whoever the new psychiatrist is, how he's, like, yeah. trying to bond with Michael Myers by murdering the cop for some reason. That part was dumb and just, like, thrown in there for no reason. Yeah, you, you, we really don't need it. I could have used more Loomis. They they played a uh, audio well, clip that, of that guy. Doctor. That guy is dead in real life and has been for like fifteen years. Okay, well, I guess that's too. But bad. I mean, I, I guess you could have just hired like Malcolm McDowell who replayed him in the Rob Zombie one. You could have had someone, a new actor. Yeah, it could have. I, I like Loomis. He he was a uh, he was cool in those movies, but in this one they had an audio recording of Doctor Loomis, and it sounded like he had a really thick Southern accent. Which I thought was really weird. Did you notice that? No. Alright, I'll, I'll have to listen to it again. I couldn't tell if it was just like a really shitty audio quality, or if he had some kind of a fucked up accent. But it didn't sound like him. Very disappointing. <laughs> Wait, why would a, a southern draw be considered a fucked up accent? <laughs> because he didn't have it. <laughs> oh. Yeah, like fucked up for him, I mean. And fucked up in general. We just segregated all our southern or Alabama-based yeah. Missouri, Mississippi 
fans. What the the Mason Dixon line? Everyone south of that, they <laughs> yeah. just turned off their podcast. Dude, yeah, we just lost Yellow Wolf. Whoops, <laughs> diehard fan. No, we still got the North. We're we're all right. All right. Anyway, so yeah, Halloween. I recommend it. Watch that movie. Speaking of murder, uh oh, did you hear that? No. Where's my goddamn sound effects? I didn't hear a sound effect. I just heard like a little beep as if like something right. just turned on. So speaking of people getting murdered. That's better. That's what we're yeah, okay. missing. There we go. We read Invincible Volume 3, Perfect Strangers. Wherein Omni-Man murders lots of people. Yeah, this, this was the biggest heel turn like of oh, all yeah. time. Like, oh my god. It was awesome. So I, I like this book a lot. This one was definitely worth reading. The first two volumes of Invincible are solely to make you get to know these characters and get you to like these characters so that in volume three, they can just totally like flip it around. Volume one and two are set up for the punchline that is volume three. So he, he, he's trolling us with all, that, with all that setup and backstory and shit that was false. What'd you think of this book? Yeah, I was a huge fan of this one. Loved it. I'm definitely, yeah, I'm excited to keep going with this one. Invincible is a good series. Yeah, yeah. I think this one definitely is the one that gets me hooked into it now. Uh, if you weren't hooked before, yeah, this will do it. Well, where should we start here? From the top, I guess. Okay, so it starts with these uh, Star Trek dudes flying through space, and they're saved by that one-eyed alien guy whose name I've forgotten. Did you remember his yeah, name? I no, I didn't. I didn't go back and check what it was. You can yeah, find his name by listening to our previous <laughs> Invincible Volume 2 review, which yeah. uh, will be linked right here. Or you can get it in your same podcast feed, yeah, for subscribing hey. and shit. Yeah. That, that link isn't in my copy-paste document. What are you doing to me here? You just, no, fuck that. You can just scroll down into your podcast feed of our uh, show and listen to it. Yeah. That'll be his name, whatever it is. <laughs> the one guy from McJones. I think it was like, yeah, his name was like Alan or something. I think he had a normal name. But anyway, he's heading back to Earth because, uh, well, we find out later he's going back to Earth because he wants to warn them about the, fuck, what, what was the name of that race? Ugh. Kryptonian is there. Ult- ultimate or Ultivate? Oh, man. See, when, I said, when I said start from the beginning, what I meant was at the end of the last volume, like the entire Guardians of the Globe team is oh, yeah. murdered. And we're not totally sure like who did it. And uh, this one ties right into that with them, like with the president of the United States, I guess. He's somehow the one who's in charge of saving the entire Earth in this story for some awful reason, which thank God isn't the real <laughs> case. But uh, yeah, he's meeting with Robot from uh, Mark's old team. And he's like, well, you were assuming to be on this team, but then everyone died before they could recruit you. So I'm just giving it to you now. You need to create a new team, a new Guardians of the Globe. We're leaving it in your capable hands. He has like a tryout. And the tryout was kind of awesome. It's hilarious. Yeah, the tryout was good. They had a lot of interesting superheroes. They they had a little girl named Monster Monster Girl Girl. who got in. Yeah, she, she was awesome. She's basically the Hulk. But little girl turning into a giant monstrous Hulk monster. 
Yeah, and and then after she be- she gets into a little scuffle with our buddy Rex, she mm-hmm. beats the shit out of him, and then like, uh, Invincible saves him, thinking it was just a like monster attacking for some reason, in the middle of like this hero tryout. <laughs> he punches this little girl, not knowing that she's like a fourteen year old kid, and then immediately after yeah. that, she's like, oh, I need a cigarette. Anyone got one? I can bum. Yeah, awesome. she's cool. Yeah, I like that she's smoking so cool. cigarettes. So cool. Kids smoke. Yeah, it's a cool thing to do. Truth ads. Yeah. <laughs> this is the truth. <laughs> this is the real truth. Smoking makes you look cool. It does. It certainly does. And yeah, speaking of superheroing, there was at one point Invincible and Eve were fighting some lizard people. Oh, shit. Yeah, I had that noted too. And, uh, you know, the ones that Alex Jones warned us about. But he was fighting these lizard people, and Eve says a joke. She calls them like some sort of lizard pun, which I didn't write down. But I think that saying lot lizard would be a lot funnier pun. You know, she called them some sort of insulting name, but she should have used lot lizard. Why? What's a lot lizard? Dudes who hang out at truck stops and like suck dick for money. Oh. (laughs) Friends of the road. Okay, cool. Yeah, friends of the road. (laughs) I learned that one from It's Always Sunny, though. The one where they're. Charlie's saying yes to everything, and they're trying to get to, they're trying to drive somewhere, but they get lost in the woods, and they have a catch with Chase Utley without Mac there. But they're driving with the truck <laughs> the driver. Yeah, I love that episode. That one's so funny. But yeah, Lot Lizards. Would have been funnier. You should have you consulted me, Robert Kirkman. Yeah, my note about that part was very much different, because this it? is when Robot shows up to tell invincible and eve about the auditions or the tryouts for the new team and mm-hmm. instead of like calling them by their code names he just yells out eve mark hey guys <laughs> and i'm like all right so th- there's police in the background so it's it implied that they're still like removing these lot these li- lot lizards and their leader mm-hmm. the komodo dragon guy so like yeah. you're, you're giving out you're outing their real names right in front of like this entire school legion of uh villains which just seems so fucking dumb i mean nothing ever comes of it so it doesn't matter but still what a what a dick move robot yeah he's he's a fucking asshole i still can't really tell if people know who they are i think it's difficult i feel like people know i feel like everyone knows but they're not saying it to each other it's like an unspoken thing they now know invincible is mark or at least a couple people do by the end of this. Yeah, true. Oh, and the other thing, well, after, you know, they do some superheroing and have some tryouts and everything, Mark goes to the comic book store and meets the writer of Space, or sorry, Science Dog. Wait, so, was... so this was like 90% of my notes about this. Oh, oh, okay. What, what'd you got? So, okay, so it reminded me of the scene from Mallrats when Stan Lee makes his cameo appearance. Mm-hmm. Like, he's randomly at the mall that day signing books, and somehow Jason Lee's character Brody didn't even, he missed it somehow, because he was so preoccupied with, like, his breakup and shit. Mm-hmm. It, it looked exactly like that opening scene, where there's the line, oh. and he's like, what the fuck's going on here? Why is there such a line to get in? So it reminded me a lot of that, which was awesome. But, oh, okay. Uh, Kirkman, like, the, the dialogue between Mark and, uh, Flip, Schaff. So Flip Chef and Mark are chit-chatting while like Mark is getting his books signed. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, the first thing he says is like, oh, it's so impressive how you're always able to come up with all these new amazing ideas every month. And they're always right on time, never once late. Like, I felt like Robert Kirkman was just like being like meta as fuck. He was, definitely. It is pretty amazing that I do this all the time for this book and The Walking Dead and the other stories I also create. I'm fucking amazing. Worship me. Uh, I just just reuse a lot of panels. Yeah, yeah, and then that's the next thing. He's like, yeah, I just yeah. I just copy paste all the old artwork, so it's not that great. <laughs> and then they and then they just like do that. They just have Mark like staring at him for like three panels, just not moving. And then that dude staring back at him for three panels, not moving. Yeah, it was fucking so it's great. Like, that yeah. was such a good joke. He he pointed it out. And now I noticed it. Like later in the book, him doing that. So he's definitely being meta. Like he just changed yeah. like one very tiny thing. Yeah, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. I was super impressed that Mark actually orders comic books ahead of time too he pre-orders shit because like he was talking to his friend william at school and he's like hey you want to go to this burger joint with us he's like oh i have to stop by the comic book shop and pick up my books so i mean he's he's die hard he's ordering and shit kirkman kirkman is laying it down thick as fuck in this book like hey <laughs> you really want to support us go out there and pre-order your books because that's how we get to like make them in paperback form not just digital only releases that was awesome. That was cool. I liked him doing that. Yeah, you bunch of assholes. Stop reading books for free digitally online. Yeah, wink. Donnie. <laughs> yeah, Dave. Mm. But before what that, I did, I did note the entire new Guardians of the Globe team here, because this is important to know. All probably right. Probably future endeavors. But we got, it's basically the old teen, I forget what the, their team name was, the teen Titans. Was, it was, yeah, I keep wanting to say that, but it's it's the teen somethings. It's some I can't remember. Name. I can't remember. Yeah. But it's basically their team. It's it's robot duplicate Rex, uh, and then there's a new guy called Shrinking Ray, and Monster Girl is there, and then Black Samson, who is the only survivor of the actual Guardians of the Globe team. Yeah. What is Black Samson's superpower? Is it just being black? I think he was the one who was kind of like the Green Lantern character. I can't okay. really remember. Because he, he, they don't show this team at all for the entire book. They're, they're just, no, th- I feel like for the future, it's going to be important. But for I this, they just make so. like one brief cameo or panel cameo. Yeah. But I think he was the one that was kind of like the Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. Again, going back to our episode, our, either of our previous two reviews of this book, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned it every single time. It's just so important. It needs to be mentioned always. Yeah. Love. The fucking name of their high school, Reginald Bell Johnson High School. The actor who played Carl Winslow, or yeah, the actor who played Carl Winslow from uh, Family Matters and the cop in the oh. two Die Hard movies. Okay. Fucking love that so much. <laughs> so great. If you missed it in our previous two episodes, you can listen to them by scrolling down through our feed. Again, listen to our shit, rate it, love it, subscribe. That's right. Hashtag. Carl Winslow. <laughs> so that that's what's going on with them right now. And then those two blue guys from the end of the last volume, you see previous episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I was so disappointed that this was the payoff to like, what the fuck they've been building towards since like, yeah. book two. Like what a letdown. So in, at the end of book two, they're talking about, oh, we're going to eat his brain or something and gain his power. The immortal who's basically Superman. He's like sub Superman, I guess. He he's just resurrected, so he just comes back. And his name is the Immortal. So I feel like 
with a name like that, maybe he, yeah, he just shouldn't have died. He should have just been like knocked out for a long time. I think he was sleeping it off, maybe. Right, something like that would have worked better. But he he's resurrected, and he just immediately is like, "Fuck!" and he just like runs out and finds Omni Man immediately. Mark's dad, Omni Man, and just asks him like, "Why? Why'd you kill everyone? Why are you doing this?" And Omni Man punches him in half immediately. Yeah, that was pretty metal. He punches through his chest and just rips it. Yeah, it was awesome. So he's just covered in blood, and Mark happened to show up at that time to see, to just watch him kill the immortal. And that's when his father tells him like the true backstory about yeah. where he came from. So again, I had to know, I wasn't sure cause I didn't go back to volume one and like yeah. read it, but I'm pretty sure it's the exact same chapter from volume one. Like all the panels, <laughs> all the pages are the exact same. Again, tying into that joke from earlier that he makes. But oh yeah, I that's true. Love that. I lost it for that. I was laughing out loud here while I was reading it. I was like, "Holy shit!" I think he did that for the entire fucking ex- stretch of this whole book. Amazing. Like it, it's the exact backstory issue, except instead of mm-hmm. like him like telling about how they like were trying to save all these other races and uh, planets, it's just them going down and forcing their might up, uh, upon everyone. It's like either you join us or we murder you. Your choice. Yeah, it's that's true. Amazing. He he copy pasted a lot of panels from that one. That's for sure. Ah, <laughs> uh, Kirkman. Well played, sir. So yeah, basically, instead of helping all the people, uh, they're just murdering them and taking them over, and trying to expand their own empire. So they're like they're like Great Britain of space. So after he tells Mark that story, then they start fighting. Obviously. Well, all right, so so during that story, mm-hmm. he's trying to convince Mark to uh, join up with him because what it is is their their his home planet sent their like top agents to different planets to try and colonize them for five hundred years just to like learn their weaknesses and weaken them so that when they make their ultimate attack, it'll be easy for them to take over or kill them if if they put up a fight. But during that, he keeps referring to all the humans as beneath him and beneath him and Mark. And nothing more than cattle, basically. And he's like, no, I know, I know you love my mom. I've seen you guys together. I know it's not true. It's like, she's basically a pet for me. Like, I, I yeah. live to be millions of years old. She will die off, and it'll be like a blink of an eye for me. It won't matter. So that's a speck in our lifetime. Oh, yeah, they were saying the, the older they get, the slower they age. And yeah, Mark obviously is like, you know, no. And he's like, well, fuck you then. I'll make another offspring. And then he, they start fighting each other. Um, they're throwing, well, Omni-Man's throwing Mark through buildings and shit, killing tons of people in the process. Yeah, tens of and thousands. He's just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, I don't give a fuck. So it's basically the, uh, the fight scene from like Batman versus Superman that, that they cause all the fucking damage in public. Except this time they're actually uh-huh. like keeping a toll. They're like, yeah, you actually are murdering every single one of these people that were in or near these buildings. Yet you just yeah. leveled like in a punch. It's awesome. Kirkman does such a great job in this book. He does, yeah. They're acknowledging the the death count of these superhero battles, which is good. Okay, so during this bat during this fight scene, they what do you call that? Like the pows and the booms and the splats in comic books? Are they onomatopoeias? Or what what would you call those? You are putting me on the spot. I don't know what an onomatopoeia is. This word that spells out a sound. Like pow. Um, yes. 
Okay, so I like these onomatopoeias because I feel like they're not actually mimicking a sound, they're just mimicking mouth noises. Because one was like, Brakadashum. I was enjoying those. Those are very over the top sounds. I, I never read them when I'm in. Okay. I always just assume it's going to be like, ah, er. No, it's like Ooh, crack. I always punch. Them. <laughs> Kick. Splat. It was things like that, but these ones were very over the top. So the, the letters are like enormous on the page and just like they're long as fuck. I thought that was fun. So obviously Nolan beats Mark's ass and he's like, yeah, I'm going to kill you, motherfucker. And then Mark said something like, oh, dad or something. And uh, Nolan just flies off into space, you know, tears in his eyes, I guess. So he couldn't actually do it. And then in the next issue, they're kind of they're doing the cleanup of this. Um, Mark is recovering. They're hiding his mother away. The government people that Nolan worked for, it turns out they were always in contact with him and they like heard the whole conversation. So now they're kind of trying to groom Mark into being the next one. I think that's about it. They're just recovering. They return home. One-eyed alien comes back again and tells Mark like, Hey, you got like one of those dudes here. So sorry, I should have warned you and everything. And that's where it ends. It was weird because when that guy showed up, he immediately flies into space to like talk to him. They even like refer to him as like your pal or, or your friend from before. Yeah. And for whatever reason though, he shows up and he just immediately punches him in the back while he's not facing <laughs> work or earth, which seemed kind of weird to me. I was like, what? why is he starting shit immediately? I don't know, but I, I love the alien. He, he's like, Hey, that was a good punch, man. Way to go. I think that's what he says. It's like, yeah, like, they, they, it's like you dick de-escalate really quickly yeah and then uh the alien asks him what are you going to do next and he's like well i guess i'm going to finish high school so it was during that time when uh, mark was recovering he was like in a coma for two weeks after the fight his mm-hmm. mom is like a nervous wreck because they did play the tape for her yeah. so she heard exactly everything nolan said about her and people but it was during that time when uh, eve and william like accidentally spilled to each other that they both know Mark is invincible. Yeah. And that's when they start kind of like maybe hanging out. Because there's a, a look there that she gives him because Mark is dating a, another classmate, a girl named Amber. I had to oh, that's I right. Remember if, I couldn't remember if he, if after Rex was cheating with Duplicate and uh, Eve like got all upset about it, I can't remember if he told Eve how he felt about her and she like just was like, I, I need more time. Or if they never actually got around to like trying anything. But for some reason, he started dating that Amber girl. I thought they were dating even Mark. I thought they were the thing. And then Mark was suddenly banging this Amber girl. I, I think it was that she was like, oh, I just broke up with Rex. I need some more time. To yeah, she's playing hard to get. Mr. Chance. All right. Well, um, I would recommend this book. Definitely pick it up. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. awesome. It was. It was great. Looking forward to the next one. Alright, you want to hear a review? Fuck okay. yeah. Read some fucking reviews, you cuck! Yeah, these reviews were five stars. Pretty much everyone say, agrees. there's any yeah. fucking two-star reviews of this, there's not. I'm going to punch that person in the metaphorical dick. 
There's no low reviews for this book. It's a great book. There shouldn't be. So this one is five stars. I would recommend this seller to others. Product as expected, I would recommend this seller to others. <laughs> All right. That was a still a great fucking review. Yeah. Just, just that, that one. Person. I love that person. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, I figured we would talk... We we pretty much talked about all the same things in these other reviews. They're they're you know, we're we're no different than the other reviewers about our praise for this book. So there's that one. So speaking of relationships. Damn it, where's my air horn? I'm not going to acknowledge it till I hear it. Oh, there oh it is. shit. We also read Rogan Gambit, Ring of Fire. So there's uh, a bunch of mutants that randomly start disappearing in Cerebro. So Kitty Pride calls Rogan. He's like, hey, we need you to go to this island and investigate. You're not going to be happy about this mission. You have to go with your ex Gambit. She's like, oh, fuck you. All right. This is, this is very much a romantic comedy setup for this book. I, I was going to say, I, I found a review of it that describes it exactly as that. It's a rom-com of comic books. So yeah, okay. it, it absolutely Fuck. was. It's kind of all to set up like their, their future wedding in that next X-Men Gold volume we had previously read. Which kind of makes sense here. Yeah, so I guess Rogue and Gambit, they have to go to this island for some sort of couples therapy. That's where they start kind of losing their memories and losing their powers and stuff. They're swimming around. They're working out their issues. We're looking at key moments from their past, uh, fighting the bad guy whose name was Lavish, who has the ability to like steal people's. It's what, like a like, really shitty version of Rogue's power, kind of. She yeah. steals their memories and their happiness and their emotions and turns it into fucking golem clones of them that she can control yeah it it was it wasn't the greatest character ever no it really wasn't i I wasn't uh yeah whatever i guess the the relationship part was the more interesting part than the villain just seeing rogan gambit hanging out and all the stuff they've been through it was much more interesting than this uh villain yeah they did mention shadow king and his mind control, they yeah. mentioned that a thousand times in this book. What Rogue considers the first time they met when they were dealing with the Shadow King. Yeah. Gambit thinks something different. He thinks like while they were still in mind control, that was the first time they met. And Rogue thinks the first time they met after they were not under mind control is the first time they met. Yeah, she later explains why. is because she doesn't want it to be a tainted, mm-hmm. shitty memory knowing that she wasn't in control of herself, neither was he. That's why she didn't count that. Yeah. Not as cute of a story to tell your future grandchildren, you know? I, I met your grandma when I was under mind control of the Shadow King. She could say, you'll remember Shadow King from the TV show Legion. She probably won't. It'll probably be canceled by that time. No, no, no. It's, I think it'll be... Like this? Nah. It'll be in, it'll be in like season uh, 25 by that time. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, but yeah, we didn't see the Shadow King in this. Is what is what I'm saying. So that was disappointing. No, Why? Why? Why do you want him there? I've never actually seen him in the comic books that we've read. Oh, really? Really? Oh shit! So I was I was waiting for him to show up. I thought he was going to be the main villain behind everything because they kept mentioning him. 
So I thought he'd be like, ha, ah, I set up this relationship place. It was me. Because everyone's like losing their memory and being mind controlled. But no, it's just this lavish person. There's this awesome new, newer series. I don't know when it started, but I read it. I'll find the name of it and send it to you and you can read it on your own. But it's, it's like, it's a weird collection of awesome classic X-Men characters all on a team together. And they okay. fight the Shadow King and Professor X inside the astral plane. And it's oh, kind cool. of awesome and it's building to like Charles Xavier's potential return to X-Men books. So it could be oh, awesome. Oh, nice. Okay. All right. I'll check that out. Rogue mentioned that she kissed Deadpool. Made out. That would be. Yeah, made out. Yeah, got mm. Super jealous. Yeah. Well, I mean, if if it's Deadpool played by Ryan Reynolds, then you know, it's, it's justifiable. <laughs> yeah. Sure. I think Gambit would would also make out with Deadpool if it was yeah. Ryan Reynolds. In a heartbeat. That's right. Yeah, it kind of, so it kept, like, flashing back and forth Mm -hmm. uh, to, like, scenes that kind of reminded you if you were a fan of, like, the 90s animated TV series. There were were a lot of, like, different scenes from, like, around that same time, different costumes that they were wearing that seemed to be pulled straight out of that era. Um, But, yeah, in a couple of their, like, meetings, they did show some of the previous relationships that they had outside of each other. Like, it did show Rogue and uh, Magneto together once. It showed Gambit and Belladonna from the Thieves Guild. It was kind of like diving into like their entire past together and apart from each other. Yeah, during this time, they're you know they're doing the therapy and shit like that, and they seem very well aware that they're becoming mind controlled because they're like losing memory, they're losing, they're getting weaker, and they can tell. I don't know what I want them to do, but I, I feel like they should do something about it if they're not. They, they keep talking also, about it. They're losing time as well, too. Like, yeah. They, they stop knowing if they've been there for like a couple of days or if it's been like weeks at this point in time. Right. Yeah, it kind of got annoying that they just kept acknowledging that it's happening to them, but didn't do dick to like <laughs> stop it. I'm sure Kitty Pride somehow like would have had something that they could contact her or call for mm-hmm. help if they needed it. But nothing ever happens with that. Kitty sends a woman's mission. And then she forgets to exist. They never once like check in with her or like ask how the how the mission's going. You know, like she doesn't give a fuck. She's running a school. She doesn't have time for that shit. The only time she contacted them was like, "Here, go to these coordinates," and that was it. That was like the one message they got from her. Yeah, and it's it's a hospital. It's a hospital where every single mutant who had been getting their life sucked out of them, they now just mm-hmm. lived. As if they were, like, lobotomized, as if it were Shutter Island or something. Yeah, exactly. I, I like the one scene, though, while they're in that hospital, they're like, oh, we still have to go and find Jeannie and Theo, their, their neighbors from the yeah. bungalow next door, who they're staring right at in this hospital, but, like, I guess they forgot <laughs> what they look like, so they don't realize it. Yeah, I thought that was weird. It's like, well, he's right there. Yeah, you're looking at him, drooling on himself. Yeah. At some point, they find a bunch of copies of themselves and start punching each other's copies. As they kill a copy of themselves, they absorb the power and memory that's in that copy. So they're like switching powers. So Rogue has Gambit's and Gambit has Rogue's power. Yeah, they didn't do it all that 
extremely long. Luckily, they're like, oh, we need to not attack each other to just kill our own like clones. Eventually. Yeah, because yeah, that was kind of stupid. Like, if you're hitting this other person's memory, you should probably just like, oh, I should not attack that one then. Clearly, it's not meant for me to uh, go after. Yeah, exactly. And then at the end of the book, Rogue just absorbs Lavish and absorbs uh, like all the other mutants that are attacking her. So we get like some like super form, I guess, where she like shows traits of like all the mutants she absorbed and becomes like super powerful. And that's how she's able to win. And she can handle all of the bad memories because, you know, she's used to absorbing bad things like that, I guess. And then she gives everyone their power back and saves the day. And Lavish was the doctor the entire time. She was a clone of her. What? And then it turns yeah. out they were both clones of the real Lavish, and they had no idea if she was ever even on this island or not. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> yeah. The villain was the weakest part. Yeah. Eh. I mean, if you like the whole Gambit Rogue, will they, won't they relationship thing? Worth reading, I guess. It was just a one-off series that they did as like a tie-in precursor to that X-Men yeah. Gold Wedding. So I've been following along with that. I guess it's worth checking out. If you miss it, it's nothing special. You're not missing out on anything that big. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it, it was fine. I mean, compared to Invincible, it's really, really nothing special. I mean, it did teach me French, though. I learned a word in French. Which one? Nicolombe, which I kept thinking it was a Spanish word because of how it was written, but it was coming from Gambit, so I was like, oh, clearly, got to be French. Well, yeah. My dove. Hmm. So. So you can use this to learn French. French. Gambit. There we go. I guess that's all the notes I have. I didn't have that many notes on this one. That was my only note was the uh, French. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. Riveting stuff. I guess that's it then. Are you ready for a review? Fuck yeah. Read some fucking reviews, you cook. Read some fucking reviews, you cook! Alright. I just had one review for this one. This is a three-star review. The title is, A Good First Step for This Pair. Some Problems, But Not Fatal. There was some confusing points. I also got tired of Rogue constantly making everything about her. I did like that Gambit actually got to talk some, though. She did let him open up more than in past storylines. The mind control trope is old and played out. Not enough about the villain to really care about them one way or another. But on the whole, Gambit wasn't background furniture. Which, that's good. Is he usually background furniture? Yeah, yeah. I mean, depending on the team (laughs) set up, he's usually just kind of a page filler character. He's he's like a chair. People sit on him. I would, no, I would he's like just that. there for one panel that you see. <laughs> Maybe he'll have one line of dialogue, and that's it. One line of French dialogue, and then see you later. Yep. He wasn't immediately blamed for everything for once. Rogue did take some ownership for her part in their issues, and it did leave them on a mostly level playing field to perhaps explore a healthy relationship, possibly for the first time since they met in the nineties. That's it. Yep. Yeah, that that was a short one. 
not much to say on that book, I guess. It was just it was just there. Yeah. Oh well. What else do we got to talk about? I um, saw you you were you were excited about Piranha Plant in Super Smash Brothers on Twitter. Was it? I think you were. You were you were you were lead. That was you posting on Giraffes Have Black Tongues podcast. GHBT podcast. Twitter. I don't know that that was me. <laughs> Piranha Plant came out. I think it's exciting. Yeah, it's about fucking time. Yeah. I know. It was good, man. I had to call customer support, though, because they apparently sent out the code when you bought the game. And I didn't know that, and I just deleted it, because the title of the email was apparently, Thanks for purchasing Super Smash Brothers, blah, blah, blah. And so I'm just like, well, fuck, I'm not, I don't need to read this email. Totally fucked. But they resent it, and now I can be Piranha Plant. That was lucky. If you knew it was a pre-ordered gift and you bought a pre-ordered game, why the fuck wouldn't you check the email? Well, I figured the email would be titled like, hey, here's the Piranha Plant code. No. Because they're sending it separately. Why would it not say that? It did on the new email. Title it better. Hmm. I've also been playing Resident Evil 2. You got that? I did. And they do have an option to do auto-aiming, so you might be more interested in it this time. Nice. It's scary, man. It, like, it gets me. They have this, this dude called Mr. X, who's this big-ass like, tyrant guy in a black trench coat, wearing like a black hat, and he just like menacingly walks toward you and follows you around and patrols the police station that you're in looking for you. It's fucking, mm-hmm. fucking scary. But it's good, man. It's a really good game. Still have to beat it, though. How about you? What what else is up? What else is going on with you? I'm playing the new Lego DC Villains game. Oh, how's that? It's fun, I guess. <laughs> the first one's starring bad guys, so that's cool. Who's your favorite one? I haven't progressed that far, but you actually get to make one of your own when you first start it, which is oh, a new that's cool. thing. I mean, they, they've had like creation stations before in all those games, but this is the first one where you actually have to make them for the storyline. Hmm. So what's yours like? Uh, like the default guy. I think I didn't, <laughs> I didn't give a shit enough to actually like stick around with that. I made sure to give him a beard. I can't remember okay. what little power I gave him. I think I have a baseball bat as my weapon. Oh, nice. So superpower is baseball. Yeah. You should, you should give him an Indian headdress. Because <laughs> your favorite, your favorite team, the Indians. I don't know if they have hats. <laughs> Make them like Nightwolf. <laughs> I wish I could. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Favorite character, Nightwolf. Put them on the Indians logo. Nope. Yep. All right. <laughs> not, not much else. Oh, I saw that uh, Aquaman movie last night. Oh, yeah? It was okay. It was pretty good. It's fun. Did it save the DC movie universe like it was supposed to? I I don't know about that. It was still pretty stupid. I think that the way they portrayed Atlantis, though, it did seem a lot like it was in the comics from back when we read that one Aquaman book. So I thought they did a good job with that. It's very colorful. There's a lot to look at. But it's basically a cartoon. They should have just made it an animated series. So Jason Momoa is in front of a green screen, I think, for like 90% of this movie. Oh, man. But it was made by the guy who made all the uh, 
Soul movies. James Wan. Oh yeah, that's right. Was it scary at all? No, not scary. Oh. No, no, definitely not. Any hints of like dark stuff? Like did they did they go to the trenches or whatever that like oh, yeah. what the ghetto part was called? It's the trenches and they did go to the trenches. Cool. Is there any like scary monsters? Like did they have a kraken or something sneak up on someone? There was a kraken type thing that was guarding the trident that he was after. And it was like he he got past it by talking to it. So they're playing up the the talking to fish power that he has. Nice. Which is cool. It's like those those rings coming from his forehead like boop 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 when he's talking to fish. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. awesome. Yeah. That's good. And he puts on that uh orange costume by the end of it, so I like that part too. It's a solid costume. Yeah. Awesome. It is. Well, not not a bad movie. Oh, Willem Dafoe is in it. I didn't realize Willem Dafoe yeah. was in that movie. Fucking awesome. He's the, uh, what's the guy's name? It starts with like a V. Like Volko? Like yeah, his, something uh, like that. Like personal assistant advisor guy. Exactly. I can't remember his name because I was just calling him Willem Dafoe. <laughs> <laughs> I hope in every movie Willem Dafoe's in, you just call him Willem Dafoe. They should. I remember when you played Willem Dafoe in Spider-Man. I do remember that. That was a good. He was that a was a really good great portrayal. Willem Dafoe in that one. Yeah, he's good. He was awesome as Willem Dafoe in Boondock Saints. Yeah, Antichrist Willem Dafoe. That was a good oh, one. That was a good one too. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Remember Willem Dafoe <laughs> in uh, Life Aquatic? Steve Zissou. <laughs> I do. I remember that shit. That's one of my favorite Willem Dafoes. <laughs> yeah, he was very diplomatic in this movie. So he's very like calm and collected and poised. And I, I wanted more shouting from Willem Dafoe. I wanted <laughs> I wanted him to lose his cool and go off the edge. Avenge me. <laughs> yeah. I just want that. He should he should also say avenge me in every movie he's in. I would I would like that a lot. If only. I know. No, that's all I got. How about you? Anything else? Probably not. What do you want to watch next week? Or fuck. What do you want to read next week? I think we're gonna go Scott Pilgrim Volume Five. Scott Pilgrim versus the Universe. Okay, Volume Five. Yeah, we're skipping. We're skipping the movie to get okay. to uh, the actual like book parts. The parts that are different from the movie. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Just saw that movie recently, so I guess I awesome. already know. Well, so from when we last time we read it. Okay, uh, you know you know what next week is, right? What day next week is going to be? Here. No, next week. That's this week. Oh. Valentine's Day. After. Oh, Valentine's Day. I think, uh, actually, well, yeah, the day after Valentine's Day, this next episode will be. So I picked a Valentine's Day book, and I think you're going to like this one. This is The Punisher, Bloody Valentine. (laughs) I don't know what it's about, but I saw The Punisher when I typed in Valentine's Day to the search engine. It's like, yeah, that one, obviously. Yeah. Can't wait. Yeah, I'm sure you're excited. It's not John Bernthal Punisher, though, unfortunately. God damn it. I know. Is this the preferred Punisher? It is the preferred Punisher. Oh, damn. That's another thing. That show, there was, a, there was an awesome, incredibly violent fight scene that took place in a gym. So <laughs> they are, like, chucking weights and, like, beating the shit out of people with what it's fucking brutal man the gym is a really brutal place to have a to fight the punisher 
or Robin, I'm sure, as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fucking good. It was great. I, I could picture, yeah, I, I could picture how oh yeah how much shit you can get away with uh, doing in, in a gym. I was surprised how much of the violence and the damage that he's causing to the other people that they showed in that episode. <laughs> it was surprising, man. There's a lot of lot of makeup to show off how brutally they're getting their asses beat. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was good. Definitely good. So I'm hoping for the same level of violence in this Punisher book. Better be. I mean, it's the Valentine's Day special edition, so you gotta kill some violence in the some bedroom. Out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Break, break an actual heart. I want to see that. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, I hope there's puns about it, too. Physically ripping a heart uh-huh. out as he says some cheesy line about, like, eat your heart out, and then he, like, breaks it in half, broken heart. <laughs> it's, this book writes itself, I feel. Yeah. I, I'm already a fan. I can't wait to get into this one. Yeah, I'm into this one. All right. Hopefully. Over-the-top violence nature is one new over. <laughs> well, suspected over-the-top violent nature that I hope. If, if it doesn't through. deliver on what I've painted it up to be in my mind, never reading another Punisher ever. Until I bring Punisher in again. Nope. Those are the weeks <laughs> I'm taking off. What What about the Cosmic Ghost Rider? Does that count? Fuck the Cosmic Ghost Rider. Yeah, that, that counts. That doesn't count. That's different. Eddie Frank Castle. I love Frank Castle. You can call him Pete Castiglione. That's his, uh, what do you call that? Mafia like his, his, his witness protection name that he went into in the show. It's a... Uh, they changed his name from Frank Castle to Pete Castiglione. And I think that Castiglione is just sounds like a funny way to say castle. Yeah, that's, that's way too close. It's like they're making a joke when they gave him that name. Wait, why the fuck does the Punisher need to go into witness protection? Fucking lame is that? Yeah, I, d- I don't remember. That was from season one. There is a reason. What a pussy. Fuck the Punisher, man. Just runs and hides. Oh, it's all murder. I'm scared. Frank <laughs> Castle. Yeah, what a pussy. Me. Seriously. Go to the gym, get shredded, throw some barbells at some dudes' heads. Oh, yeah. It's great. I'm just going to watch that single episode just to see this fight, I think. It's really good. It's really the, good. What, what I've got in my mind is like a comedic, like, what's that old shitty, like, uh, Benny Hill type comedy thing where it's just like a. <laughs> yeah, that's Benny Hill. Yeah, where it's his bad guys like running around in the circle, and he's just chucking like dumbbells, like forty-five pound dumbbells at them, and like tripping on them and shit, and they fall into like a leg press and get smashed from like the uh, weights or something. Yeah, and it's all like fast motion. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They're like running into each other comically while they're trying to run away from Frank. Uh, this this is great in my mind. So I hope it actually turned out this way. Slipping on banana peels. Yeah, sl- slipping in the sauna. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, anyway. I guess that's it then. So follow me on the internet at D. Lewandowski. I'm found on the internet at T. Stu the God. We are found on the internet at Giraffes HBT Pod on Twitter at Facebook.com slash Giraffes of Black Tongues. No, that's what's GHBT Giraffes HBT pod on Facebook and Twitter. Oh, yeah. Like I said, and then patreon.com slash giraffes have black tongues. Mm, that's Podcast. the one.
Damn it. No. <laughs> Damn it. I got nervous when you didn't immediately say yes. You you fumbled it in the end zone. You were there and then dropped it. And thanks, speaking, Daniel Burbank. Of, wait, wait, wait. Hit the music right. one more time. Uh, which the sound horn, the air horn. Wait, let me find it. Speaking of, what do you think of that Super Bowl that happened last week? There you go. Headphones. Uh, it was great. Yeah. Sports. Did it happen already? I thought it was this week. Uh, dude, you're you're blowing our entire cover. Oh, okay. It happens tomorrow. <laughs> it's tomorrow night. Oh, okay. That's right. Yeah, that was a great Super Bowl. That was a, the wait, big does game. The Super Bowl take place every Chinese Sorry, series? wait. We have to call it the big game. Great, yeah, the, big the big game. game. Yeah. Are you excited for the big one? Yeah, wait for that game <laughs> of giantness. Yeah. Wait, does it take place every Chinese New Year's? Is it the same day? Chinese New Year it's isn't the Sunday, same day February? every year. No, it's not the same day every year. Oh. Sometimes they'll overlap. They're around the same time, though. What day is actual Chinese New Year's? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> it's impossible you're, to get a straight our, answer. You're our on-location Chinese New Year's investigator, and you don't know? Yeah, they, they use the lunar calendar, so that's impossible to understand. Like and then nobody... No, <laughs> sure. I don't know any other calendar. Nobody can ever give you like a solid day, though. That's kind of weird. It is weird. I, I have no idea what it is. So, so it's, a, it's a holiday where they're just guessing. They give you a week off, and it's one of those days. That's. that's <laughs> no, I know. It's weird. I, I don't know. That's the best I got. Cool. Yeah. Who played at the big game? Well, as you remember, it was the New England Patriots and the Los Angeles Rams. Who oh, okay. at the big game, by the way? Uh, probably New England Patriots. Don't they win every year? Many times. Yeah. So I guess that's that's uh that's probably who won. Or I'll do another take. Uh, the Rams won. There. Now I covered my bases. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Daniel Burbank. SoundCloud.com/slash Daniel Burbank. Everything will be linked in the description below. Robert Kirkman copy-paste style. That's right. I'm just going to refer to it as Kirkman from now on when we close out. <laughs> Everything will be Kirkman down below. We'll just record it. We'll just uh, record it once, and, we'll, and then we'll just copy-paste the outro every week, too. We don't even have to say it yeah, anymore. Let's, let's do it one time when I don't fuck up 90% of the links. Right. One of these days, once we get the yeah. perfect take. Yeah, we're still waiting on that elusive flawless take that's right we're just shittily cut and paste like bits and pieces from all our previous outros that makes it sound like we actually captured it correctly once one sitting or just do it like one word at a time fuck yeah yeah <laughs> i want to hear how like awful that sounds make it sound yeah. like bad and cheesy as you can i do want to do that but fuck that's a lot of work all right, all right. anyway yeah see you next week bye